You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Ryan McCubbin. Hey, everyone. How you doing? Hey, Greg Hectus. What's up, everybody? Kyle Pendigraff. He's really there. David Hall. I'm here, too. And special guest, Greg West. Hey, everybody. Hey, so on today's show, we're happy to welcome special guest, iRacing associate producer, Greg West, to the show. We'll delve back into the Mercedes W12 F1 car as the stories and reviews start to come in. And we will show you how you can vote for the best paint job of the year. Yeah, guys. And remember, you can follow along with us on your PC or mobile device in real time as you listen to the show and see for yourself. All these great topics and products will discuss by visiting iRacersLounge.com and selecting show notes. So we hope to see you there. Sim Coaches offers the realistic sim racing equipment you need to win more races online. It is designed for real racers. Hydraulic construction means they feel just about like the real thing. High, qu- high quality construction, 100% leak proof and lifetime warranty are the key features with these pedals, and they look absolutely amazing. Check out simcoaches.com and use the coupon code iRacersLounge to get 10% off of your purchase. No, that's up from five. Simcoaches.com is your ticket to feel like you actually sit behind the wheel of a car, drive harder, and stay on the limit longer. Right, Greg West, thank you for joining. You know, I was going to tell everyone the first time that our podcast heard your name was back in 2018. Uh, one of our regular stories was a was one of these uh, YouTube videos from iRacing. It talked about Greg West uh, and iRacing, and you were uh, trying out for the Olympics at that time. And uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, <clears throat> once again, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I, I started before I worked in iRacing. I was uh, uh, on the verge of the U.S. Olympic team. Unfortunately, things didn't go my way in the sport of skeleton. Uh, in that video, uh, was my uh, my girlfriend uh, Leslie Stratton, who actually slides for Sweden. We I actually just got back uh, from watching her uh, do some qualifying races today. I drove up to Lake Placid, New York, and and got to see her win a few medals uh, in some of the qualifying races. So yeah, I've only been home for a couple of hours actually. But yeah, I uh, use uh, iRacing, specifically VR, uh, to work on the, to train myself in the off season, just working on timing related tasking while under the influence of adrenaline. Because if you can do something that's timing related while under the influence of adrenaline, uh, then there's less variability to when you're trying to complete a task. And then something as intense as skeleton going 80, 85 miles an hour head first down an icy chute, uh, yeah, being able to stay in the moment and have good timing is, is, is paramount. So that's what got me involved in iRacing. And then uh, one thing led to another and I'm incredibly blessed to now call it my job. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And so I was going to ask, how did you end up there? Uh, you know, I see on your Twitter line, the most recent Twitters were about Leslie and how she's doing uh, over there in the snow. 
But, I mean, how did you end up with iRacing and get away from going the Olympic route? Uh, I, I ended my career in, <clears throat> excuse me, 2018, and uh, I, I got a pretty bad concussion. I knew my, my career was coming to an end, and I had exchanged some, uh, you know, some dialogue with uh, Steve Myers uh, and Kevin Bob and a couple other guys over at iRacing. And I kind of told them they'd help me out. They'd hook me up with an account and some credits and whatnot, just kind of their way of helping me along, just to keep me entertained more or less. And I told Steve, I'll, someday I'll have to give you a bobsled ride. Uh, and so I, I, I tweeted at him and say, hey, how about that bobsled ride? Because we had a, an opportunity a few weeks later to have some friends and family come up and try the sport. And so Steve and his wife and his daughters came up. Uh, and Otto Sizbini, who's uh, in charge of a lot of our, our business uh business to business stuff at iRacing his wife and his son came up and Leslie and I kind of showed him around for the weekend got him in a bobsled got him on skeleton sleds actually uh hopefully showed him a pretty good time and and I, I think they hired me because they liked Leslie actually uh that's 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 my story I'm sticking to it but uh but yeah they brought me into the marketing department and then that uh, during COVID of course you know uh just membership exploded and opportunities exploded and now I'm in the role that I'm in now as an associate producer. That's awesome. So, uh, so first of all, I bet Steve was pretty fast because of the weight, right? No, just kidding. And, <laughs> and then Leslie is, is a star, so obviously she had to close the deal, right? Yeah, Le- Leslie's the secret to everything. She makes things happen. So I'm sure she hears this. She's just going to smile I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's about right. Okay, so let's talk about what's your role at iRacing and I- – I'm going to preface this by we say your name a lot on our show because you're a source of information. And I want you to tell us why you're the source. Uh, we get a lot of information from you, a lot of detailed information. And so you're really involved in the nitty gritty. You're probably like the chief bottle washer or a cat herder. <laughs> I don't know. I, I wouldn't call me chief bottle washer, like assistant to the chief bottle washer. Uh, well, iRacing is what people don't realize about iRacing is we're still a pretty boutique company. There's, there's not hundreds and there are a thousand employees or anything like that. I, I, I don't even know that we even have quite a hundred employees. We're close. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a pretty small, uh, small company, which means everybody wears mini hats and everybody's involved. There's, if somebody's missing uh, you know, or, or wasn't pulling their weight, it would be readily apparent. So you know, everybody has a lot on their plate at all times. Um, so, you know, one of the things I do is I, I, I manage our forums, uh, moderate our forums. I try to pick my punches in there pretty closely <laughs> where and when to give information and where to, to hold back. That's, you know, one of my big responsibilities. Uh, I also manage our group of vehicle production associates, uh, our VPAs. Uh, they work hand in hand with our vehicle engineers on developing new content as far as, on, as, far as the cars go, updating content. Uh, BOP, any, anything car related there in their nitty gritty. Uh, those guys, they, they work their butts off and um, yeah, they have just a really great group of guys, uh, both the engineers and the VPAs uh, that have, that really put more of their heart and soul into each piece of content on iRacing, not just the new stuff, but updating the catalog as well than, than I think anybody could possibly imagine. And it's a privilege to get to work with them. And then I also uh, manage our, our AI group, uh, the, the, the few guys that, or the couple guys that, that do the, the day-to-day, whether it's uh, bringing cars on AI, uh, bringing tracks on the AI, it is, it is quite the process. It is not something that is, uh, 
that is plug and play on a new car uh, when we're bringing a car on the AI. Uh, there's a lot of blood, sweat, and I won't say tears, but swearing maybe <laughs> that, that goes right. into bringing them on. Um, and then I, I dabble, help up with the marketing, manage, um, manage some relationships on the side. I mean, I, I work, I, I, I do a lot of things as everybody does at iRacing. Everybody does a lot of stuff and uh, it's never a dull moment. That is for sure. Okay. And so part of, I, I think you even gone on scans, world traveler kind of stuff. I've not done scans, uh, but I, I, a lot of client relationship stuff. Uh, I find myself on airplanes with Kevin Bobbitt a lot. Uh, and we've got to, it's once again, absolute privilege to go some places. We've been over in Germany multiple times for meetings. Uh, I've been over the Nürburgring for Sim Racing Expo. Gotten the opportunity to go on a couple of taxi rides around the Nürburgring. That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, just, uh, most when I travel, it's, it's mostly client relation type. Cool. Well, let's talk uh, World Championship. I mean, we got the Tag Hauer Porsche Super Cup World Championship starting up here shortly. Lots of excitement building there. But, I mean, everyone is wants to know, with the Mercedes release, is there a plan for the open wheel in 2022? Uh, you know, we had the Dallara IRO1 that I affectionately refer to as the Jet car because you guys forgot to name it. But that was a good championship. And so do you have any idea on what's going to happen in the future? Is it just too soon? Uh, well, going back to the Dallara championship, anybody that hasn't gone and didn't watch that series live, uh, if you enjoy close racing, you should totally go back on YouTube and, and check out those videos. That was some of the best racing I've ever seen, uh, whether real life or in sim. Uh, road racing, uh, road races that end with multiple cars within five seconds of each other, uh, put on a, a heck of a good show. I, I really enjoyed that series a lot, uh, and watch, I found myself wanting to watch it versus you know I have to watch this because it's you know I mean I like watching all of our series, but that one I, I felt like I found a ton of joy in watching uh regarding any other open wheel championships in the future uh a little too soon to to talk about any of that so uh, yeah that's all i got to say there okay well, obviously <laughs> you know with the new car i mean the, let's talk about that a little bit i mean the mercedes partnership you know based on what we've seen i mean on your podcast uh, the down uh the download the downshift the Downshift podcast, sorry. We heard a, a great interview from the head guy over at Mercedes about how this car came about in iRacing. Really gave us some insight about the relationship that you guys had. Uh, and it it really came out with a, a stunning product. I, I think it's better than any car you guys put out because of the feedback, the quality feedback that you guys got from them running all the, the car through their systems and their shop and everything that they do with their drivers. I mean, uh, does this change the approach going forward uh, when you do new cars? Well, I think with any car, we, we learn a lot. Um, obviously, there was an absolute ton. You know, we, we learned with Mercedes. They, they were amazing to work with. They gave us, once again, a ton of data, absolute ton of data, ton of feedback um, on, on making the car as realistic of a representation as possible. Um, I don't, I don't know that you say it necessarily changes the approach moving forward. It's just more data to use as we are continually, you know, refining our product and, and continually to, you know, pushing to make it better and better. You know, each car we put out, each update we put out, uh, you know, that's, it's not updates just for updates. It's updates to improve the, the quality of, 
of the you know the sim as a whole whether it's the the physics whether it's the graphics whether it's the sound whether it's the the gameplay as a whole you know and and so this will just be you know another data point toward that uh you know we've, we worked with them for uh you know pretty much during the entire uh this entire COVID situation and we've already publicly committed that we're not only building this car with them but we're going to build the 2022 challenger their version of the next gen car uh and so there will be i'm sure a lot of data data exchange during during that process as well but no it was it was amazing to have their group uh as heavily involved as they were during the development of the car and it's really cool to see we knew the correlation was really good um i kind of felt bad for a couple of our vpas i think tanner mccullough may have driven approximately ten thousand miles at silverstone uh i mean he he, he was probably he did the bulk of our tire running christian chandler was in there as well uh, i think they're probably sick of silverstone and barcelona at this point but we knew the correlation was really good on all the compounds and then seeing how the community is yeah i see these side-by-side videos coming out of real world versus the the iRacing version of the car and they're they're within a couple hundredths of a second uh i mean it's just mind-blowing how close it, it is uh, i mean obviously we're always striving to to put out a, a good piece of content but I think we are you know, obviously over the moon pleased with, with how the W12 came out. Yeah. And then, you know, novice guys like myself, when we get in this car, you know, we don't know what an F1 car is supposed to feel like, you know, we have no idea, but to hear the guys from Mercedes say, this is the, this is it. This is as close as it's going to get, you know, you know, you're, you're in the real deal and, and uh, a fantastic car. I can't, I, this has got to be a, a milestone for sure for, for iRacing, and it, it feels like you guys are finally breaking into the F1 market, as I call it, because over the last year, you've definitely brought on some some F1 tracks. Now we have an F1 car, so bingo. Yeah, I mean, once again, we it's it's all part of you know the system. We knew we knew what was coming a long time before anybody else knew it was coming, and then once again, we're doubling down with not just the the current Challenger uh, from Mercedes, but next year's car as well. So. Uh, yeah, we want definitely want to make sure that we have, uh, you know, continue to grow the library of tracks that it, you know, would race on. Mike, can I step in for a second to ask a question here? Um, Greg, have you seen any, um, it's probably too early, but I mean, obviously you guys released that car a week before the big, uh, big F1 race, the championship race. Have you guys seen a, a, an influx? If you can report on that, like an influx of, uh, people joining the sim, going for that car well i think it's a little early to uh to draw direct correlations i mean the, the car's only been out for a couple of weeks now um but i racing i racing has just been continuing to grow uh i can say that and um the last two weeks have not been an exception on that uh at all um you know this this release the the december release is always a a big boost to us um it just na- naturally happens people are you know getting new new peripherals for you know for christmas and whatnot so and we always have the the good sales for you know black friday and and through the holiday so we always see an influx um and and this was no exception uh but i think it's 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 too early to draw a direct correlation to what was the catalyst for for any type of growth i can safely say though that we're very happy with the the progress and and the the way that the the mercedes has been been used so far I, i love seeing that the the IGPS, the iRacing Grand Prix series that you, you know, split a couple of times a week. And I, I 
I don't know that it's had less than three splits since we released the car, so that's pretty cool. Well, I mean, if you look at the number I look at is the number of iRacers online at any given moment. And pre-COVID, it was a number. And then post-COVID, it was a number. And that number is quite different. And so, man, it's just been huge. Uh, we love it, of course. What about the other cars in the release, uh, the Hyundai, the Honda, and, and even the uh, Mercedes? You guys went ahead and completed the damage model and released a new damage model with the car initially. Now, um, this is, seems to be a new strategy to put it out all at once. Is that on purpose or you just happen to get it done in time or what? Well, with the with the two touring cars, it was imperative to have damage model on them because they race with other cars that have the damage model. And if you I run see. the cars, uh, if you run a car that has the older damage model versus the new damage model, everything defaults to the older damage model. So you would actually be removing a feature from a piece of content that's already been released. So when we have a situation like that where they're going in, in official series that are, they're going to be running with other uh, pieces of content with new damage, it is a, it's a it, it's a we make a point to to release those or do our best to release those cars with the damage enabled. Um, and then the Mercedes, the Mercedes is that's a feather in the cap car. That's a premier car on iRacing, and so you know we worked our best to have it released with as as many features as possible. Unfortunately, we didn't get the AI quite released with it. I can assure you that that is heavy in production, uh, and and will be released ASAP. Um, I'm not sure when that will be, uh, but I, I can tell you that the the, uh, the the crew is actively working on it. But yeah, having the, the damage model on it was uh, pretty important because if you're going to give a bunch of amateurs uh, one of the fastest cars in the world, um, well, there's going to be some pretty spectacular incidents. So we wanted it to look really good. <laughs> Absolutely. So can I jump in? Yes. While we're talking damage model, can, can you tell us if they are still trying to work on the... Uh, damage model for say the next gen car is or is that something that's uh uh has been shifted to the back burner i wouldn't say shifted to the back burner we've we've have looked at, we actually had a meeting about this uh, last week uh it, it's something that this is going to sound like just like a marketing buzzy sentence and it's not but it's something we're actively exploring um you know that's like the Mercedes, that's a premier car on the service, or those cars are premier cars on the service. Uh, we would like to have the damage model on them. Um, there's we've we've had some some quirks that we obviously we we're working through, but it, it's it's something we're we're heavily looking into, and uh, if we can get it in a position that we, we in a position that we feel like it's in a state that's ready to release, um, I don't see why we wouldn't. When that will be. Um, I, I can't tell you. I, hashtag soon. Hashtag soon, definitely. But it's, right. it's definitely something we want to do. I mean, that's 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 no secret. Uh, we want to. Uh, if I could snap my fingers and put it on in all the cars and 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 have it, uh, you know, without any any quirks, uh, we would do it tomorrow. It's, but uh, it's it's the way our damage works is not uh, just click the to click the toggle and it it works on the car. It's far more. There's a, there's a lot of work that goes into each car and making it, uh, and making it work well, and and so that's that's the reason it, it does take a little longer. I understand that frustrates some people, but um, I can assure you that the crew is working on it really hard. And um, yeah, hashtag soon. Um, Greg, to go with that damage model thing, is it um, is it more difficult to do it for say a series like obviously the the next gens or the the cup series in general? 
because of the participation, you want to make sure, you know, you got to get it perfect because you don't want to add it in and take it away. Because like, because they also noticed like on the roadside, you don't have it on like the GTEs, the LMP1s, the LMP2s type thing. It's like the higher um, participation series. You know, you don't want to roll it out and take it back type thing. I mean, it's it's obviously consideration. I mean, we we definitely have had a couple of, of the situations where we had to unfortunately roll it back. You know, that's uh, that's never fun to do. Um, I don't think that's a. I wouldn't call that exactly the school of thought, but it, it, it and the, the the driving reason. Uh, but it's uh, it, it's definitely something that's a, a consideration uh, regarding the you know regarding putting it on on multiple cars uh, like the the GTE class or the GT3 class. It goes back to the, you know, you can't just, we can't put it on like one car at a time because then everything just defaults back to the old damage model. So it's, it's one of those times we have, we'll have to, you know, make a commitment that we're going to do all eight GT3s or all five GTEs. But if you do the, if you do the GT, if you do the GTEs, you, you have to do the LMP2 because they run in the uh, European Sprint Series together, which means you got to do the LMP1s. Uh, and then if you, you know, an IMSA uh, has got the the GT3s or you know GTD in IMSA, so you have to do all seven of those GT uh, GT3s and the LMP2. So it's just with mo- what what makes it a little bit more difficult, really, is multi-class. Uh, just you know, picking and choosing, you know, what to to put it on because it's such a big undertaking. Unlike a single car class, like when we put it on, I don't know the the F3. Well, it just had to go on the F3 because that's what it's going to race with. So I don't know if that makes makes sense. I may have given you a long answer to a short question, but there's a lot uh, lot that goes into it. That's right. It's software, right? <laughs> One line of code, guys. The forums tell me every day. <laughs> all right. Uh, you know, Greg West, I appreciate you coming on short notice, uh, giving us all this information. Uh, we're going to wrap up the interview part and jump into topics. You're welcome to stay on as long as you can. But I want to finish up with a, 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 one of our um, signature questions. Um, I looked at your t- stats. I didn't see you racing much recently because you're so busy. But uh, tell us, what is your most memorable iRacing moment? Now, it doesn't mean as a, a ra- it could be as a racer or it could be as an employee. But what's your most memorable iRacing moment? Getting hired at iRacing? That was pretty cool. Right. Um I don't know. I think I might have had one earlier this week. Uh, I did the very first uh, fixed race in in the Mercedes. Uh, third split, qualified P2, led every lap until turn four of the last lap Ooh. and looped it, <laughs> finished fifth. But that was after all the work that went into that car and, and to run the first like official race, not the week 13 race. That, that was pretty cool. Um, I, but- I mean... I, yeah, that might be it. I, I got to be honest. Wow, you got that white flag up in the corner waving. You're like, don't tank it, don't tank it, don't tank it, don't tank it. And then what do you do? Yep, looped it. Absolutely just looped it. Got that little hairprint at Silverstone. Just got on the throttle a little too soon, and I was backwards. Nobody's fighting my own. <laughs> I had so much fun this week 13, more than any other week 13, I think, because I did what you're doing. I was running fixed, open, fixed. And you had them where you alternated you if you if you got wrecked out early enough in a given race, you could start the next one fifteen minutes later, and yep. so you literally had to start every fifteen minutes on this Mercedes car. And I took advantage of that. I got a bunch of starts because guess what? I got wrecked out before 
turn lap one, turn one, you know, most of the time. It was crazy. Yeah, that's uh I was a little concerned when I saw some of the incident counts during week thirteen. But what we're seeing in so far this week is um is it's it's a lot cleaner than week thirteen. Of course, week thirteen unofficial, everybody's gonna send it. Of course, why not? There's there's no consequences for your actions really, other than unless you have to go see Nim. Um but yeah, I think the races are definitely a lot cleaner during during the actual like official series. And we did some creative stuff with this. You know, we we made a change. Well, first off, we we added a second version of the the iRacing Grand Prix series. We have the open series that's been around and the fixed series. Uh, the open series we shortened the races a little bit, so you're you can back to back the series. It's a little close, but you can run fixed and then open, and then fixed and then open. And then with the F, we did it also alternate it with the F3 series, so you can run fixed F1. Fixed F3, fixed, or you can run open F3 and then open Mercedes. And we, we did our best to stagger it. So if people wanted to to back to back it or with with itself or with an, you know another popular series, that, that we could do that. So uh, whether that works or not, we'll see. But we tried. <laughs> yeah, that's why I took the week off. It actually worked out really well. Um, anyway, uh, thanks, Greg West, for coming on. We do appreciate your welcome anytime, and uh, thanks for providing so much content for our show. Uh, you know, our listeners appreciate that um, because you've given us a lot of information either on the Twitter or on the forums or social media and other ways. We hear Greg West giving us great stuff that our listeners want to hear about. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. I can hang out for a bit. So. Okay, cool. Let's jump it to it, David. All right, let's kick off the topics. We've got uh, the first thing is an article that features why the iRacing Factory supported Mercedes F1 car is such a big deal for the sim. It's an article from Car Bible, and they talk about why the, the uh, car is such a big deal for sim racing, saying that, quote, it's the very first current F1 car released in a true simulator in general. Uh, in parentheses, the F1 series does not count. And <laughs> um, the one of the two F few i'm sorry and one of a few f1 cars in sim racing to be developed with the heavy assistance and technical support from the racing team yeah pretty cool um there's some good quotes in this article uh from steve myers executive vice president at iRacing. i was going to read a couple of these uh he said the quote the f1 team spent an incredible amount of time testing all of the sim offerings and contacted the developers to learn more about their processes and what they felt was wrong with their simulation. We took the data they offered and we improved all of our open wheel cars in this service before we even signed a deal to build the Mercedes F1 cars. So we were getting physics changes based on Mercedes phys- uh, feedback, but you know, before they even were worked on the car. So I think that's pretty cool too. And that just made me think of another question actually for, for Mr. West. Um, We've always talked about how we didn't expect to see many F1 cars in the service because th- there was probably a fear that given the data to, to a sim might uh, give them a competitive disadvantage. Do, what do you think about that? I think the forums think a lot of things. Uh, and and <laughs> um, there's a lot of strong opinions, uh, but I don't um, I, won't, I, I, I think that there's a lot more to these types of decisions than, than that meet the eye. So... That's vague. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> no, it's understandable. <laughs> but do you, you personally do you personally feel that it doesn't really put them in a disadvantage? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, 
they, they for as many the secrets as there are, yeah, for as many secrets as there are in 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 F one, there's not there's not that many secrets in my opinion. I mean, they the teams have hired photographers to go and you know take pictures of every other car in the you know in the or on the grid. And, um, I mean, the stuff they're, they're they're giving us a ton of information, but it's not like I've that we we're getting the you know the the specs of the shape of the piston. You know, we're yeah. not getting the the chemical formula for the fuel. Like we're the, you know the we we don't need that. <laughs> so I, I I don't think it puts them at, at, a, at a a ton of risk or anything. But uh, also we're pretty good about you know, keeping that data pretty close to our chests. But um, I guess the their perception is more important than mine. So you're you're uh, you're not getting the uh, close up max for or you're just as you got as much data as Vax for Steppen does uh, of the back wing right <laughs> exactly right exactly it's it's like all these secrets go out the window the first time they roll the cars out on the track you know for for the most part as far as uh, as far as the design so all that stuff and and the uh, and the performance uh, is all right there in front of everybody once the races start yeah they do the same thing in nascar as well right Every, as soon as somebody figures something out like back when they used to bend the side skirt out uh, everybody it it's it spread out through throughout the garage pretty quick the uh, next thing we do have is a, a video talking about the the new F1 car, uh, and it comes from Chris, Chris Hayes, Hayes' channels. And um, it's about a four-minute video talking about just how big of a deal this is. Uh, he mentioned that he, he jumped back into iRacing and even tried uh, Week 13 for the first time in a while and is really pleased with, with the product. Yeah, Chris also put together uh, – this video has some great screenshots of the new car. Um really sharp looking video uh, put together but yeah he this guy runs all the different sims and so he's not specifically on iRacing but he certainly is for this car i was i was saying to the guys with this too the, the watching a video like this it reminds me of i'm so glad that i've upgraded my pc so that i can take advantage of in vr running this new car as well oh this car in vr is ridiculous i mean i've got triples and i, I think i've driven this car once on triples uh i, I get in vr because it's just it's just wild it you you're you're in a you're in the most one of the most iconic cockpits ever made and you're in it the art team did such a great job on this it's it's wild yeah, no, that was actually a uh, topic of conversation in the next video that we saw. And this is from Will Ford at Boosted Media. So uh, he he mentioned that this Halo uh, in VR is almost like it's not there because you're really looking, th looking beyond it so much more in VR than you are like Mike was having an issue with with uh, with it on his triple monitors where it's right in the middle of the screen. So um, so Will Ford actually posted a whole race that he uh, put on and his thoughts on this uh, F1 car. Um, it, it was a it was a race at Spa. Uh, he, unfortunately, he got dumped uh, going into the chicane right towards the end of the uh, end of the lap. But um, uh, he he was just really impressed with the car. Yeah, his comments were it's almost too fast. Not meaning that it doesn't match reality, but the reality is just so fast and so quick. Um, things just happen so quickly on the track. It, it's it's a really it's really challenging to drive. Um, but um, but that's part of the fun, then, right? Isn't it? Well, I, I think the conclusion I got from Will on this video was. Uh, it, it kind of to paraphrase is, I can drive this car. I don't know if I can race this car. 
and that's how I felt going around the track. I mean, I could get around the track without crashing, but I'm not fast by any means. You know, I'm like well off pace. But yeah, it's it is uh, super. It's stupid fast, is I guess a, a way to say it. But but if you if you have experience with the IRO one, you know it's similar feeling to that. I have found it's a lot easier to be able to drive it, especially around a track that you're real familiar with. So, like, I took it around Watkins Glen, and I felt a ton more comfortable with the car instead of taking it to you know another track that I'm not as comfortable with. I could really feel a difference in how I was able to drive the car that way. All right, the next video we saw was uh, Bo Albert uh, sim racing. Uh, he on his YouTube channel tested the t- different tire uh, configurations for the new Mercedes W12. Um, and talked about the differences uh, that that the tires had on the actual world championship between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, but also how the tires behave in iRacing. And uh, and he gave examples of uh, of shelf life or tire life on the soft, mediums, and hards, and and what you could expect and drop off and that kind of thing. So it was really fascinating, especially if you don't know a lot about how the the tire compounds work, which I don't because I don't really follow F1 too close. So it was good a learning experience for me anyway as I'm trying to drive this car. Now, here's a question I just thought of watching this video. Greg, is there a is there a thought down the road um, of making an animated pit crew for this uh, since – the IndyCar and the Cup cars have animated pit crews. Do you think they you might try and do that orchestra of trying to figure out how to do that for the F1 car for just three seconds? <laughs> uh, I I have not been a part of any discussion on that. Uh, not that's not to say that it's not something that uh, that that's being worked on or not being worked on. Uh, but uh, that that those discussions I'm I'm not in on on as far as like cool. the art and the animation and stuff like that. Um, definitely be cool uh i just i i have no answer i'm not even being coy i just don't know i mean it's, it's, it's really one of the most impressive things in all of motorsports is how fast these those services are it's just amazing well when i did my first f1 pit stop in this car and you know it's telling me to go and i was like 2.9 seconds i'm like wait a minute i, I just wasn't ready for it i guess well, yeah that's because mike probably went from driving the 87 car where he can check twitter and yeah, then let's turn up and turn on the fan. <laughs> Take a bathroom run. <laughs> Try changing Except. tires on an MX-5. <laughs> Skippy. All right. Well, let's uh, move on to a different car, different series. Uh, we're coming up on the fourth season of the Porsche Tag Heuer Super Cup Series, and it's starting on February 5th. Yeah, so, I'm ready. It's, it's going to be fun to see who's got what. Uh, we talked about Coanda is not going to – be involved some some heavy hitters are, are stepping away but that gives an opportunity for a lot of other uh, people that are really good drivers to step up it yeah, i'd be... imagine sebastian job would probably be the um the leading uh, contender coming into this season um so that's something to look forward for sure it is going to be featuring the uh 911 the new 911 gt3 cup car as well 992 ah it says 911 on the tweet Oh, 911 992. Oh, that's the official name, yeah. 911 92. The older one. Oh yeah, it, it's a it's the uh 911 the 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 previous version was the 911 um 991 and this is the 99 the updated 992. There's a lot of nines and ones in the <laughs> Porsche cars. 
and they all look the same. <laughs> we talked, we did talk about a review last week that this one seems a little bit more accessible to drive. Got a lot more downforce. I'm interested to see how this event goes, because especially now that it, like, you know, this is going to be a little bit more of a competitive car um, driving wise. I, I, I expect the series to be really competitive um, throughout the field too, and maybe, maybe there might be some more. Uh, I mean, that last season there was a lot of uh, coming from like tenth to first, and like that was some of the guys when they had penalties and stuff. But uh, uh, I'm I look forward to it. Is there another team, Mike? I don't think we've ever seen anything announced here. Was there another team added because Coanda was taken out or took themselves out? I don't know. I haven't seen that yet. Well, I did notice the other day that we had a quick hot fix come out, Brian. Yeah, so this is a hot fix number two for 2022 season one. Um, some of the uh, some of the bullet points on it was a, um, some paint shop uh, updates for the Global Sim Racing Channel sponsorship. <clears throat> There's uh, been some uh, physics adjustments, um, some AI racing adjustments, some track ish, some track things that have been worked on. Um, a lot of things on the F1 car. So uh, there's uh, quite a few little. Uh, tweaks in the uh, f1 car that uh you know that's what week 13 is for is you get a, thousands of people racing this car and you start to see where where the issues come in so that's uh certainly understandable for uh for that um i like uh, this one a, brian the next gen uh they changed with where the middle rub block location is which is going to make it easier to figure out ride heights Right, and that's uh, that was where I was going next because um, we're all really interested in that next gen car and see uh, see the tweaks that happen as we lead up to uh, you know the next season of NIS. So uh, this is one makes it a little easier, uh, a little bit more effective when you tune it with the ride heights. So uh, that should that should be interesting for our uh, car tuners out there. Well, you know the next gen, you know we're really hoping. Uh, you know, things went well yesterday with the, t the test at Charlotte and tomorrow uh, they're going to test again I, with the higher horsepower, uh, low wing, I believe. Have, has anybody heard good or bad about how that's going, Greg? Um, last I saw, I didn't see the, I didn't get a chance to read the uh, actual thing off of NASCAR.com, but uh, from what I could see what they were talking about yesterday is the, the census was the car was a lot difficult. They were they were fine when they were in a pack together. Um, it was loose when they were by themselves, and then it got real tight. And then when they go back by themselves again, they were having a point where they were getting really loose. So I don't know. I'm guessing they had that was with the one inch spoiler shorter too on the back. So I'm really hoping that we can get a higher horsepower for this car. Um, but uh, I guess they have another test tomorrow coming up too. So we'll see what if they've done any more tweaks to it for tomorrow. You know, and the sound, I mean, there were several videos that came out uh, of the test and the sound of that engine, man, it just growl. It's got that growl and man, that's the NASCAR I want. So I, I certainly hope it goes that way. And and obviously we want iRacing to, to follow suit and, and update the car. But it certainly seems like NASCAR has no idea what which way they're going at this point. Right, and that's got to be tough for those guys back at iRacing, where you know they're they're having uh, they're doing all these uh, testing and getting more data all the time. Uh, they're looking possibly to make tweaks here and there. It's all this kind of stuff that you know, as far as what we want in in the race car to be as much like the real one as possible. That it's got to be it's got to be tough for those guys at iRacing who have to uh, you know 
kind of respond to all these different changes. So uh, it's it, it's a, it's it's all hopefully in the goal to have the best racing car possible. Well, they did announce uh, last week that they'll be waiting and, until we get closer to the season. So they'll be a little more locked into to what the package is going to be. I just hope NASCAR comes to their senses and goes with a higher horsepower package. I just, I don't lower horsepower just doesn't produce good racing. Um, Greg, I was going to ask you too, if you can answer this, I don't know if you can, but um, when it comes to this part of uh, when, when NASCAR is designing this car uh, and, the, and then they've got it and you guys are trying to communicate with them, about what the package is, is there like just some data that they send you or something? Like, is it, how is, how does that uh, communication back and forth translate? If, you know, if we can ask that question. I mean, without getting into the specifics of it, uh, you know, we, we obviously have a great relationship with NASCAR uh, and they're, uh, it, it seems like they just be, they become more and more forthright uh, as, as we continue to develop the relationship uh, and, and they're incredibly open with us on, on what their plans are and, and what they're trying and, you know, and, and giving us data. And I, I think you'll see what is, uh, what is on track uh, this year will be uh, quickly implemented within iRacing as well. So um, once again, I apologize for the vague answer. <laughs> All right. We got a All quick right. hit here, David, on the LMP3. Yeah. And, and we could, we could hear it straight out of the, the uh, horse's mouth, so to speak, but uh, the LMP3 rumors, are they on the horizon? Uh, Aaron Webb was asking in the forums, and Mr. West right here does respond with, quote, Sorry, Aaron, but we do not have the LMP in our current production plans. Accurate. And, and so, Greg, how do you <laughs> make a that decision words. about what you can say and not say? It must be kind of murky waters, right? Uh, I guess I just know better than a lot of things. Greg, you just open up the forms and just shake your head sometimes when you see some of the things that are being that people come up with. I, I think you can just remove sometimes from this. <laughs> no, the forms are great. Um, it's there's some incredibly good ideas that we get out of the forums. Um, there's a lot of bright people in the iRacing service, and that, that do some really cool stuff with the product. And then sometimes you see some stuff and. You're just like, where did you come up with that? This that's that's not Aaron. This thing with the, the LMP3 and Aaron, we've you know there's been rumors about a, an LMP3 car flying around for way before we even put out the LMP2 car. Um, Aaron just happened to be the one I saw and decided, okay, I'm going to answer this right now and squash it. So, all right. Well, it is nice when when you when you can squash some things just so so, so people can move on and dream about other things. I, I try to pick my punches. We were saying this in pre-production. You know, I don't always I, I don't always respond to everything. Um, the tagging feature in the forums might be my least favorite feature of it because I get tagged in a lot of questions. And I mean, if I, I there's just not enough hours in the day to to answer all of them. So I try to when I see something that there's definitely a trend, or I, I know a lot of people are wanting to know, and we're in a position where we can answer it. We definitely want to answer it. Um, you know. We're, we're as open as we can be given the, the restrictions we have on, you know, on new content and, and relationships that we have with the, the, the people that help us out. We're not actively just trying to keep secrets, just to keep secrets. But no, no LMP3. Sorry, guys. Okay. Next up, uh, Trading Paints uh, has a NASCAR team, Front Row Motorsports, 
they have a, a an account over there where they have uh, front row motorsports paints that you can run of their various cars, including uh, the next gen paint jobs for both their cars. And so, if you're interested, you can go over to Trading Paints, uh, search front row motorsports, and then click on those and run those paints. And I, I, I was thinking, what a neat idea! Uh, you know, I think every NASCAR team should jump on this. So you could go on Trading Paints and like run in an official you know, Hendrix, you know, 24, you know, paint scheme or whatever. I think the, the you know, the teams and the sponsorships might want to do that just so that they have um, something tied to it so they can, you know, promote more too, right? Yeah. Why not? Free There's got to be some value. It's free yeah. advertising. Um, it does require you to pay somebody to paint it probably when generally fans do a lot of the painting anyway. It's just frowned upon when there's a Red Bull on top of a Mercedes. Ouch, touche. Well, th this next uh, Instagram post from iRacing Official uh, is a breathtaking view from Knockfield Racing Circuit, um, and it's called the Golden Hour, and it's based, it's during the sunset, and this person definitely has the HDR turned on. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta love that bright HDR stuff. I mean, it makes it so realistic. This this is always the time. Like even like this is why David and I when we're in VR and Brian, you know it, and um, just the fact that when you're in VR too with this the sunset, they, it makes the it, it's so much nicer too when you're racing. But uh, HDR with monitors, I'm sure, is so much. It's got it's just more fidelity, right? Well, it definitely exaggerates the the sun and other glowing features. Uh, we're supposed to have it off in VR. I think one of us was running it with it on at some point. Was it was it Greg? Yeah, and it can and pretty much wash everything out. <laughs> I was having that problem with the Southern Five Hundred. Need some yeah, sunglasses I had, I had underneath your headset. That that behind the uh, the sun's when it was setting behind that one building and going into turn three, it was bad. Uh, and I didn't realize I had it clicked on. It'll be a long time to uh, ever replace it as my favorite upgrade, but the, the day-night transition is still like the most epic thing in the service in 10 years, really. It is, especially when you're in that 24-hour race and your shift, your driving shift is during one of those golden hours. Well, uh, going into sunset at Sebring, when it's actually sunsetting and it's slightly and it's cloudy, it's it's the it's the best view in the entire service. So I haven't bought Knock Hill. We'll we'll wait and see if I'm gonna get that or not. But Knock Hill and the new touring cars is some of the most fun you can have on the service. It is I I was uh didn't spend a lot of time in, in the Audi uh RS three LMS four for no other reason than I just you know didn't have a ton of time to and then throughout the testing uh of the of the new the honda and the hyundai and then also in the, the process of putting them on ai spent a lot of time there and um yeah whether you're not going to do it and whether you're going to do an official race or not yeah get those cars and go in ai at, at knock hill it, it's it's goofy fun like you'll find yourself smiling especially in the ai because they'll get their elbows out um, and you know, there's no consequences. So I, I highly recommend that to anybody. If that doesn't make you smile, I, just, I don't think you enjoy racing. 
Well, oddly enough, those cars are a lot of fun at Watkins Glen. There was a week 13 race, I believe, on Sunday that I did. And just racing it around Watkins Glen was a complete blast in those cars. I never thought I'd have as much fun as I did. Kyle, I was just going to say the same thing. I did. Uh, I was practicing at Watkins Glen when, uh, on Sunday as well. And it, it those cars, um, I don't know, there's, there's something about those cars that just uh, makes uh, road racing uh, – I love road racing, but it just there's something else to them that just uh, seems to be uh, a new level for me when I get behind the wheel of it. It was so awesome that it actually took place on my phone and computer over my girlfriend. So that says something right there. All right, Brian, you you feel like painting anything on your uh, new rig? Uh, no, but uh, I can tell you, if none of my car paints will be in this contest. But uh, so so basically what uh, Trading Paints has done is like uh, for the past 48 weeks, they've picked the paint of the week. So uh, so they have 48 different paints of the week. And uh, throughout the month of December, they're going to do a matchup where they they uh, they dwindle that down to the, the top paint of the year. So basically, if you go on the the twitter page for trading paints you can uh you can vote which which uh paint you like the best out of the matchups that are currently going and uh yeah so it will it will uh determine who has the best 2021 paint so uh get out there and uh, vote for your favorites and uh it'd be really interesting to see uh who comes out on top that hot wheels next gen chevy looks really yeah. nice with the one in the location of it it's really done well and, and the so, white rims. Yeah. Even the core, uh, the, the Cobra Jet uh, Mustang, even having the normal number position, it actually looks really nice. Yeah, there's some great paint jobs here to pick from or to, as far as voting goes. But, uh, yeah, I love some of these. The Halloween uh, version, I think he called it Groovy Hollow on the Xfinity Mustang. It's orange, but it's got like a, at the bottom of the car – uh, the background of a cemetery and then it's got like bats flying and then it's got the big blood moon or you know fire moon or something it's pretty cool all right next up we have an article um on kicking the tires dot net a feature article iRacing expanding to motorsports development and uh includes topics uh such as race car development nascar next gen car R&D, track and car debuts, track design, uh, and so forth. And and so Seth Myers, uh, I believe is the – oh, Seth Eggert is his name, sorry. Uh, Seth wrote this article and uh, basically talks about NASCAR's relationship with iRacing, the various uh, projects that they're involved with from Atlanta to California to the Coliseum to the Next Gen uh and and on and on we go you know chicago and so um it's a it's a good article if you want some information about how that came together and all the different things that have happened we've covered a lot of these individually but this is definitely a good summation of all of it and i know steve Myers told us we're going to get the coliseum the week of the bush clash and so i can't wait for that now greg can you tell me what series you're going to put that in or uh, TBD. To be honest with you, I you know we got to see the you know final plan. I I I'm I've just got back from vacation, so bear with me. Maybe this is public knowledge. I don't know yet, but if if it's been officially announced, the format. Um, so that'll have a lot to do with it. Um, so I'll get with you know, Tyler Hudson. Uh, is 
to be one of the architects of that part. So uh, we'll, uh, I, I just don't know yet. Can you put, is it possible to do just one week with heat race format in say a open or is that, does that come into the limitations? I don't, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. That's part, that's part of the question I have. That'd be a, be a Tyler question. Um, I think there is a limit there, but have, we'll, it has to be the same for the whole season. But we'll, we'll, we're going to figure out a way to, to implement it. Um, whether it might be a one-off. Yeah. Yeah. We might just do it as a, like a, a pseudo special events or, you know, like, you know, where it's just there for a week or we're, well, if we're going to figure out something, something to do with it, obviously, um, I'll tell you one thing, it's, it's an absolute blast. Uh, if you like short track racing, oh my gosh. Now there is a couple quotes in this article that I wanted to bring out. Um, and so let me read a, read one of these here. And, and this is talking about how they're testing these new tracks. I mentioned, uh, California and the Coliseum and, and whatnot. It says, quote, what we then do is we schedule a broadcast with NASCAR management where we'll put all of the drivers into different sessions. We typically have a, at least two configurations that we'll test. Our broadcast team connects to it, and it gets beamed down to the Charlotte and Daytona NASCAR offices. All the management sits there, and we're communicating with them real time. We're talking about what they want to see, and we run through all different scenarios. Restarts, green flag runs, half of the field on worn tires, half field on green tires, different pace car speeds. We have a whole script that we go through that we have all the drivers that taking feedback from us on what NASCAR wants to see. So some cool insight into the process uh, between iRacing and NASCAR as they work on these tracks and, and, you know, and just making the decisions like simple decisions at the, you know, what should the pace car speed be at the Coliseum? You know, that's something that you don't want to guess. We need to figure it out. Right pretty freaking cool and, and i know that we've used iRacing in the past with nascar to figure out uh, uh charlotte needed an extra chicane i think you talked about that david or was it uh daytona a daytona needed the extra chicane because of speed uh concerns and stuff like that and so that was surfaced in the sim well it goes all the way back to was one of the dirt tracks actually going back to iRacing to figure out why they're uh layout was was not working well that was a chili bowl last year no, chili bowl sorry chili bowl yeah yeah oh the indoor track that was cool how, how that worked out kevin ironelli was working with them and i think they because the way they had laid it down it had moved i don't want to it was something minuscule maybe a foot maybe less I, I don't kevin would know it off the top of his head but yeah they sent what they had versus what we scanned because we knew it worked well when we scanned it. And sure enough, yeah, geometry was off, and we were able to give them definitive, uh, definitive uh, information on wh what they needed to update to, to go back to, to how it was. And yeah, Kevin Ironelli, uh, he, he does a lot of our scan work and, and building the, the base of the track, like the, the bones of the track that you know, nobody ever sees. Um, but yeah, he, was, uh, he saved the day on, on that go around. I think that was one of our coolest stories to, to cover that. You know, iRacing is like helping out because of, you know, it's, it's kind of like we're keeping preserving the track like you've done with uh, North Works World and things like that, which are tracks that were done. You can preserve a service or if they have to go back and revert to something, you can kind of help them with measurements. Cool. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and that's that's a track that's, you know, basically torn down every year, right? And just rebuilt. So, you know, how difficult is it to get exactly 
like it was the year before without uh, some kind of blueprint plan that iRacing could provide. So, yeah, it's, it's really amazing. And well, so then. I just wanted to wrap up on this article, David. So the article in summary talks about, you know, how iRacing has really gotten involved in, in real motorsports as far as track development, car development. You know, look, you look at how the next gen has gone. I mean, how valuable has it been for NASCAR to have iRacers running the next gen car for the last several months, getting that feedback, however negative it may have been, but, um, but it's still feedback. And, uh, and so it's, it's a neat model. Uh, I think if Steve Myers had his way, I mean, he, you know, it sounds like he's been pushing this kind of model, uh, according to the article for quite some time. And now it's really taking traction. The next thing we have is a poll. Uh, it looks like it was actually on the iRacing's Facebook page. Um, and it, the question is, what's your favorite rookie car? And I'm just going to kick this off with a write-in candidate and say the Legends car. Well, I'm going to guess. I've been in the Legends in forever. New, yeah. new this season, the rookie, the true rookie Legends car that has slightly less power uh, got brought back. That's the, the, the rookie car from Legends. If you haven't had a chance to go try it, go try it. It's completely fixed setup. It has you can't even adjust tire pressure. Yeah, that's no. what, that's what I ran when I first started. There was there was no street stock, and uh, the, so you started with a with a rookie legends. Couldn't change the set, and uh, it was all the little tracks like the Charlotte uh, Legends track, and you really had to learn how to short track race first. Now, uh, one of the rookie cars listed here, Greg West, is the Formula V. Now you. You have a personal connection with this car. Can you tell us about that? Okay, yeah, I, I had a Formula V last year. I, Formula V coming to iRacing, though, had nothing to do with me having a Formula V. That was sheer happenstance. Um, but yeah, it's I, obviously because I had, had real-world experience driving the car, I uh, was, was pretty heavily involved in, in, in testing it. We also have another guy on staff. Uh, actually, his car that got scanned. Uh, that uh, So he helped us uh, develop it as well. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I love the V. I'll, I'll take the V here 10 days a week. It's it's such a fun car on iRacing. And that lift over steer uh, is a thing. That's that's it. And I remember in driving school when we are for the SCCA, the driving school day, everybody ended up backwards at one point or another because it, that's that's what it does in real life. So, Yeah, I, also, I have to agree. That's my favorite car too. Um, and I'm not really a particularly good road racer, but that one's so much fun to drive. It it it, uh, it covers for a lot of sins when you're not a, a particularly adept road racer, and that keeps you keeps you into the, these races for a long time. You know, it also has some really funny quirks that some like some of the hardcore guys that know the car may have noticed, but maybe not the average eye racer does. Uh, first of all, the GoPro camera moves around. Uh, depending on, you know, each person has a different one. Sometimes it's the GoPro. Sometimes it's, uh, oh, whatever the pencil cam is, uh, is if you go to any formula V race in real life, pretty much everybody's got a camera on the car and it's never in the same place. So the, the GoPro, uh, it, it moves around and then the car, uh, it, when you lift off throttles, uh, will smoke, uh, and different cars will smoke different amounts different amounts which is realistic it has it's graphical only in iRacing has no impact on performance at all but it just adds to the the realistic feel of of the of the race i remember having to if you were especially at the start of the race after like lap two you're pulling a tear off because you have grease on your visor from the, the car in front of you smoking especially if you're right up their tailpipe 
So that was a, that's a cool thing that, that, that Greg Hill and his art team uh, put into the car. Uh, I was probably a little annoying about it, requesting it. I didn't actually think it would happen. And sure enough, he, uh, he, he showed it to me a couple of days later. And I was like, wow, this is, this is really cool. I think that's the first time that like something out of the blue, like random feature that I requested made it into the sim. So that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Lots of good rookie cars. I, I mean, the dirt street stock is fun. I, I just raced that recently and, uh, and I'm really trying to, to pick up dirt a little bit better. And obviously the rally car, the V, the VW bug, uh, beetle, uh, running out at Mount Washington this year, quite a bit. So I've, I've become very familiar with that car. Dirt Street Stock got a new damage model this build too, so highly recommend that uh, for people to try. That's why out. I was and, trying it. And then yeah, the the Pro Two Light and the the Volkswagen Beetle Light, uh, those uh, go try them. If you haven't tried our our dirt road content in a while, go try those two cars. They're approachable, well, car and truck, I should say, but they're approachable. They're a lot of fun. They won't cost you anything. They're free cars that race on free tracks. They're, you have nothing to lose. Um, and, it doesn't affect your I rating or your oval I rating. Yeah, it's not. I mean, unless I, if you haven't tried it, you're probably not protecting your dirt road rating. So go out there and have some fun with them. I mean, they're they're just goofy fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I had fun at the figure eight and the pro two trucks. I think it was uh, in week 13. And this reminded me how fun that truck is. Well, what if you wanted to take a picture of one of your favorite rookie cars, Greg? Yeah, so... Um, the was it tracks i guess it's pronounced traction uh, webpage traction.gg um posted uh real iRacing camera tools and um i, I kind of looked through this because I, I i think like I think kyle and i would be something more interested maybe in this for making uh um you know better pick taking better pictures on iRacing and sometimes of the video um it's just a, an article on suggestions of some this person's personal suggestions on making better uh, pictures for uh, screenshots and things like that, um, and using uh, everything you need, everything you need turned on graphics-wise. Um, it's just a nice little article uh, that uh, goes through a lot of the tools that uh, uh, some of us might not know to use uh, for creating the best pictures uh, for our racing, and maybe the best angles too. That were some of them, because some of these angles that they have um, with the depth of field and the way that you know a motion picture and stuff like that. It, it, it's definitely great, uh, a great article to go through here and, uh, you know, get the, mo get mo the most out of the uh, screenshot uh, or video uh, portion of iRacing. I think what it does for me, Greg, was it literally walks you through. It's like, click here and do this and try this. And it, it tells you what to touch and what to click on in the F, the control F12 menu, uh, you know, like, it says, once you're in a good spot, it's time to use Zoom or static FOV to close in on that subject. Use the aperture, and you'll get that DOF effect in play and so on. And it tells you exactly what to do and try as you go through it. So if you're a novice and you're trying to learn, I mean, this article literally will uh, give you a guide to walk through, and, and you just kind of click on what it tells you. And, and I think you'll pick something up if you went through the exercise. Yeah, I went through the other night and was messing with this uh, after reading through the article and whatnot, and I could see the improvements that it made on just the picture quality and just the sharpness of it really made a big difference. Um, that's actually where I did the uh, the touring cars, and that's where I did the pictures of, and it turned out really good compared to what it would be if you didn't go through these 
settings. I'm just going to ask you, like, uh, the blur or the motion blur, how to do that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I was going to ask you, Kyle, if you had used that before you had posted those poor things in Discord. So that's it's good that it helped you, uh, you know, test something out for uh, your, you know, your pictures and stuff. I know you like to do a lot of that stuff. Yeah, um, I didn't go through and do all the changes yet. I kind of just did piece by piece to see the differences. And uh, I'm going to go deeper into it hopefully this weekend and try to do some better imaging. Yeah, we got some fresh paints coming soon here from... Uh sim wraps uh bobby jonas has been real busy uh on the next gens just getting everything uh, tidied up and ready world of outlaws week five yeah guys let's get dirty here all right cool so uh we're heading into week five of the nas energy jink uh, racing world of outlaws championships for the sprint cars uh this was held monday night at um williams grove speedway so right in my backyard um so uh taking the uh the poll for the uh, heat one was a uh, Pennsylvania's own Braden Eiler who won the qualifying and uh, won his the heat number one in order to take the pole position for the uh, feature race. Uh, so the new 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 series points leader who is uh, James Edens after last week he wins his heat number three to start in uh, P three for the finale. Yeah, but just before the feature start, James Edens gets struck by the disconnect bug and is only able to rejoin until after being a lap down. This after series leader from last week, Alex Bergeron, was disconnected in the feature, which dropped him to fourth in the standings. Yeah, how crazy is that? So that's two weeks in a row where the series uh, leader in points had been dropped in the middle of the feature, or James Eden was just before. So uh, things are getting really crazy out there uh, with that. But um, when the when the feature started, uh, there was a big crash early that um, took out multiple drivers the crash was like right towards the front of the field and uh hayden carwell was one of the cars that got tangled up so um with with a poor finish here and uh the first week where he didn't even make the feature he had issues in the first week uh, his championship hopes are pretty much done he had a real good run going after week one where he had like three three p2s in a row and actually worked all the way up to uh fifth in points i believe so he was really uh making a push to get back in that championship chase but after another bad week this week i don't think he's going to be able to pull that off yeah cameron merriman takes the lead from eiler early but eiler is able to work in the high line reclaim the lead and hold on for his second career series win with merriman second and another pennsylvania driver logan rumsey finishing third yeah so uh that was uh you know, being a Pennsylvania PA posse guy myself, it was really cool to see two PA po PA guys uh, finish in the top three. Uh, Logan Rumsey is actually lives really close to me. I, I happened to see in his uh, profile, and he does some uh, some short short track racing around here with some of the smaller cars. So uh, it was good to see him uh, get his first uh, top three finish in the series. Um, so after after everything shakes out, through basically through sheer consistency, Cameron Merriman is going to take over the points lead after week five halfway through the series and uh alex bergeron worked his way back up to second after that uh disconnect last week and james eden who was the leader leader coming into this race he falls to third after that disconnect issue so uh we're going to be uh heading uh, to week six next week um uh one of the things i happen to notice uh in this series so far is that uh last year's series was really dominated by two or three drivers uh, bergeron and hayden carwell and james eden we're just tearing it up 
every week. But this week, we've this year we've seen a lot of different winners. Um, James Eden was the only one who won multiple times. Bergeron and Hayden Carwell, neither of those got wins this year so far. So uh, we're seeing, you know, this this series is getting more and more competitive. More guys are getting into it. Um, some of the uh, World of Outlaw uh, late model guys have gotten in this year and had a couple of wins. So man, these, uh, it's going to be a really great finish to the season. You can just see that it's just going to be coming down to the wire for sure. Uh, right now there's still like about five or six cars that are really in contention. It's going to be a, a great series to keep your eyes on for the rest of the year. Yeah. Good stuff for sure. Let's jump into current events, uh, event list. This is save the date. iRacers lounge and the aftermath are going to host a new year's Eve race or races. Uh, so, um, New Year's Eve, come hang out with us and we'll run some fun races. Uh, we'll check out the iRacers Lounge Discord. Uh, races will start around 8 p.m. Eastern that night. The uh, next yeah, the, oh, go ahead. Yeah, there's going to be some more information coming up. Um, we, um, the guys from Aftermath, Tony Rochette, he did uh, this event last year, and he just wants to expand on it. So uh, uh, it was it was a lot of fun last year for for everybody who made it. So uh, yeah, keep keep your eyes out, and I'm sure we'll get go over some more uh, more details as the date approaches. As we get into the winter, there's definitely a lot of events that'll be popping up. Uh, to prepare for the 24 hour. Here's one of them. That's yeah, the endometriosis and revolution sim racing, 24 hours of Daytona endurance race. Um, it's going to be held on iRacing, racing, obviously on Saturday, January 22nd, uh, it starts at 2 PM. And, uh, there's not a whole lot of details on our site, but let's, let's take a look on theirs. Well, they have a link, uh, to where you can, uh, donate to the endometriosis UK charity. And, uh, on that website, they have information about the event down at the bottom, uh, the date, the time, the cars available, how to sign up and so forth. Yeah. It looks like uh, four, four driver, four team or four driver teams. Um, and it, Oh no, that, uh, I think that's actually specifically about their team. So yeah, just go to their link if you want to get more details about it. All right, guys. All right. Next up is the New Year New Chance Two Hundred and Fifty. So this is a charity race. Uh, it's benefiting uh, children's cancer uh, causes. It's uh, held by it's a joint a joint venture with TJ's Team Foundation and the PSES, which is the Pure Seed Elite Series. So uh, the the uh, New Year New Chance 250 is going to be held at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Um, it's a $20 uh, donation towards the uh, charity in order to get your uh, entry. Um, you're going to be competing against uh, multiple NASCAR drivers, so that's really cool. Um, there are going to be multiple crash uh, cash prizes. Um, they're going to be giving out die-cast cars, even for people who follow the race uh, on, on online. So you can, you can actually win a car without even having to be in the race. So uh, it's uh, 250 miles, 167 laps. And uh, yeah, so you can get a Dale Jr. Oreo Elite die-cast by uh, just showing up and watching the race. So uh, it all goes to a great cause, of course. And that's going to be held on Saturday, uh, January 22nd at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Yeah, and this one is one of the. They're going to have access to a lot of the the upper level drivers because it, I came across this event actually on the Monday Night Racing Discord, um, mm -hmm. and uh, they 
shot me the rest of the details so that we could present it on the show. So this says TJ's team. That's not TJ Majors, is it? Foundation uh, there? Uh, not sure. I'll ask. Find that out, but um, I'm curious. It would make sense if uh, you know someone with his pool can probably get the, the Dale Jr. stuff that they're giving away and, and uh, some of the uh, drivers to, to join along. Well, Dale's in that league, so. Yeah, next so, up so is, is CJ. Yeah. Let's keep moving. Uh, the next event was the 10th annual Winstell 400. This is January 16th. We've talked about this one already, um, and so check that out. It's uh, the 10th annual. It used to be called the I've Got Balls 400. It's the biggest and longest running event at the old Daytona on iRacing. Uh, they're going to be broadcast. They're going to have a sponsor. They're going to have a total purse of 1250 and no entry fee. You do have to sign up, and it's the link is on the forums. And hot off the press, that is not TJ Majors. It's Travis, or it's uh, a different guy, Tra- Travis Jr. Then we have another practice race, Brian. <laughs> Charity race um, for uh, it's a diabetes uh, benefit. It's uh, six hours at Daytona. Um, so uh, we talked a little bit about this last week, but um, it's going to be held in um, on January seventh at eight p.m. Eastern time for a six-hour uh, Daytona race. Um, now um, I'm uh, I'm thinking about doing this one. I was in, I've been in contact with a uh, a show listener, uh, Quentin Whitaker, and he's from Florida, and he's. He, he's messaged me about, you know, possibly getting a team together. So uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll see about getting a team and running this race and to help out diabetes. I believe he said his son actually suffers from that. So he was really interested in doing that. So it's a great cause, and uh, so we'll, we'll try to help Quentin out and get a get some get a team together. All right, I'm glad we're getting in one of these at least. Uh, the next one, David, is another six hour practice race. Yeah, we already covered this one, but uh, just to well, quick hit it, it's the GZR Daytona six-hour charity race. This one is going to be on the 15th of January, starting at 1800 GMT, which is what, 11, 11 o'clock uh, on the West Coast? I mean, the East Coast. And um, it's going to be the M- standard IMSA cars at the Daytona Road Course. 30-minute practice, 30-minute open qualify, and six-hour race. So there's lots of opportunity for practicing for this 24-hour race. Yeah, this one, the entry is actually free. They're just asking you to make a donation. Um, and so you can kind of pick how much you want to donate. Okay, next is podcast housekeeping notes. Uh, don't forget the Aftermath podcast. Uh, what happened last time there, Kyle? I think you were on the show. Uh, we actually ended up having the guys from Everyday iRacers on, and we kind of just was uh, back and forth picking each other's brains and just kind of getting to know each other and having a good time. Yeah, it was a good good listen. Uh, get out there and get that podcast called The Aftermath. Don't forget the website. It's iRacersLounge.com, and we are on the Performance Motorsports Network. Hey guys, David here with another podcast house note. Due to the way the timing is with the holidays next weekend, we will be taking the week off. We wish everybody a happy holidays and safe travels. Will this computer run iRacing? Not now.
All right, Brian, kick us off with the first company review. We're in hardware. So this is an online company called Race Tech. Um, it's an online store selling components for your sim or real car, uh, including uh, seats, belts, and other pro products. Um, so they have a variety of racing seats, you know, a, uh, real real world racing seats that you can obviously use in your in your rigs if you if you want to get the real deal in your rig. Um, so uh, there's also racing harnesses. All these products are used for real racing, but also uh, are cool, really cool to have in your in your sim as well. Uh, they do have a section for uh, simulator um, stuff. Uh, they have uh, some chassis that you can look at. Um, some other accessories like uh, seat mounting brackets, seat glides, um, uh, and some some other uh, mounting systems for peripherals. So, uh, quite a few different things to check out at racetech.u-usa.com, uh, and uh, you can see what they what they have to offer. Now, the sim is eight hundred bucks, and it's like sheet metal, um, and you know, probably a, a stiff sheet metal. But uh, it, it's kind of a pedestal look uh, for the wheel up, you know, where the wheel and the monitor go. Yeah, I didn't, you know, get, the, the, I didn't get to this that uh, rig that you're looking at is a um, is an outside manufacturer. Like they're just re reselling, you know, selling uh, somebody. They're just putting their name stuff. on it. So, but it's got their logo on it, right? Yeah, exactly. So I think it is their their uh, their rig. I don't know for eight hundred bucks. Don't know, but yeah, there's another source. Uh, check it out. I mean, seats. I I initially found these guys because they have seats, but if you look at the seats, these are racing seats that cost several thousand dollars. Um, and so you obviously don't need something like that on a sim rig, but but uh, with the way shortages are, you know, you need options. All right, the next uh, hardware we have is a new pedal system. It looks like we got more hydraulics coming in to the uh, field. Uh, these are coming soon. In fact, the release date is March 12th, 2000. Well, it says March 12th, 20, 2021. Uh, we're kind of past that, aren't we? Yeah, I think they mean 2022, <laughs> yeah. though. All right. So 2022, maybe. I make that mistake all the time, especially when when we cross into the New Year's. Uh, what's interesting about this is it is hydraulic, but it's and it's got a new, uh, I guess, a mini cylinder that they're they're going to use. Yeah, it is pretty uh, tiny, and it looks like it's on all the pedals. Yeah, they're calling it a compact master, master cylinder. And you can buy those separately on their website. You can buy the, the cylinder, compact master cylinder for 68 pounds. And it looks like the pedals, uh, they also show new arrival, $595. Those aren't the same ones in the picture, though. So I think the ones on the Instagram are something that, you know, like you said, they're coming in March. They're just putting out a tease. They, they look very difficult to mount. I mean, look at how they mount to the ground. I mean. Uh, that's, a, that's about the same angle that, uh, that the sim coaches are, except yeah. uh, the sim coach came with a plate, right? They, those, would, those would line up. You would have to have a, probably a plate on top of your rig to mount it down pretty easily okay so those are coming we'll get more information as they come out the next set of pedals i've we found are called kre win pv3 sim racing pedals now available for pre-order these pedals are to be released in january february starting at only 360 euros 
and another new company that we haven't heard of. I mean, we can't even keep up. Every week there's uh, new ones. Um, what's neat about these pedals, look at the, when you go to the website, look at the little side plate uh, against the wheel plate or the, the pedal plate to kind of keep your foot from sliding off the edge of the pedal, I guess. I'd like to hear from somebody who's used that. I've, I've never had that, but I don't have a problem with my feet sliding off the edge either. What a good value though, for metal pedals. I mean, they're not even, they're not plastic, you know, for that price, this would be better than getting some, you know, Logitech or something like that. I'd be interesting to see how they compare to to the the Fanatic V3s. All right, so the website kre-sim.eu. Brian, you got the next one uh, because you're the motion guy. Yeah, this was sent in by Eric Whiting, who's a who's a listener and an OBRL member. How's it going, Eric? Um, this is uh, the DIY Mega, which is a um, a platform based. Uh, four actuator motion system which comes in at 2650 so uh 2600 dollars um 2650 for this uh for this system it's a complete all-in-one system with uh four actuators and uh actually this is the exact system that i purchased for my for my rig so um well, actually, it's not exact because one of the things I wanted to mention is they've made some revisions to it. So, um, so one of the revisions that they that they that they said that they're using is they're using push and pull for their uh, motion. Those pistons in those uh, actuators are push pull, as opposed to the ones I have, which are rotational. So it's a rotational spin that uh, gets a transition to a up and down movement. And these look like they're a direct push pull, and it's supposed to give a little bit more smoother and faster and precise motion in your rig. So that's a that's a new addition to that uh, a DIY Mega Plus. So uh, pretty cool there. Um, Again, it comes with all the uh, Thanos controllers that you need and uh, the MIGE motors. So it's a uh, it's pretty much pretty close to plug and plug plug and play as as far as motion goes, and probably um, as as a uh, as affordable as you're going to get for motion platform movement systems. So, That's uh, what I was going to say. Two thousand six hundred fifty for a yep. D box style motion system. That's absolutely insane price. Yeah, it's it's the, the the cheapest way you'll be able to get a motion systems, and I can attest to them. They, they work just fine, and if they work even better now with the push pull design on the actuators, um, that's even that's even better. So, uh, and I know uh, they have uh, some customizability when you go to shop in there. You can change, you get different colors for your uh, for your. Um, actuators you can get those in different colors they have uh, additions like uh, an emergency stop and stuff like that so yeah check it out it's uh from eracing-lab.com is the uh is the website that offers these um i believe they're from china um i think i can't remember when i got them but they were definitely from the uh, far east so um the shipping is is a is a um serious uh concern they're not it's not a cheap cheap item to ship obviously so it does add quite a bit to the price but still even with that shipping price you're going to probably be paying that no matter where you get it from uh it's still got to be the most affordable way to get a full platform motion pretty cool like that update as well all right i'll take the next one uh every week 
it seems like we have a Barry Rowan post, and here's another one. Um, he reviewed the Studio Hurricane Hurricane Wind Kit, and I I didn't really watch most of the movie except for the review. And you know, you would most of the time when we see the reviews, he has a lot of positive things to, things to say, but he definitely had some criticisms on the quality of the build with this particular product. I mean. Barry's got to be the best guy to test a wind tunnel. At least he's got hair to show in the graphic of what's going on. Like, all of us wouldn't be able to show any of them. <laughs> well, I, I, have no. to, I have to defer a little in that I can actually feel the wind blowing my beard around. <laughs> yeah, so he, he, it's always not always roses, like you said. Um, he talked about you know how much volume these things are putting out. And... The uh, fan was not completely taut in, on the inside. It would rattle. Right, right noise. So the next item uh, is a review of SimLab Vario Visa Mount Review. This one was on the SimPit YouTube channel, and this one I did not get to watch. Did you, Mike? I didn't, but guess what? I own this, and so I'll tell you what I think about these. These things are awesome. If you're going to get triple monitors, spend the extra money and buy this from SimLabs. It's called Vario Visa Mounts, and... Uh, they make the monitor stick out another almost an inch more than usual, but it's worth it because these are like quick disconnect monitors. I can unplug the power in the HDMI. I can lift it about an inch and this, the whole thing comes right off. So it's sitting in there by gravity. There's a bar that slides into a groove. Now the beauty of these things is the adjustability. So once you put the monitor, the bar into the groove, there's tiny little set screws that you can use a tool to, to move them, uh, to fine tune it, to, to move it left, right, up, up, down, in, out. And so basically you get it close with the, the triple monitor mount and then you use these mounts to fine tune it, to close those gaps. You might see a tiny little gap in between your monitor. This allows you to close that gap. You can move it in just a millimeter if you wanted to. Um, and so it's very fine tunable. Awesome, awesome stuff. And uh, thank you, Bobby Jonas, for insisting on me buying these. And uh, I can't imagine trying to line up the monitors without them. All right, guys. Next up is something that you can't have, you can't do without. You cannot do without this. It's a Husenfeld uh, LED neon sign. You know, you can put it up in your rig, in your uh, racing room or your man cave, wherever you like it. And it lights up like, you know, like one of those, uh, those beer signs or whatever, you know, uh, there's a type of, uh, uh, fluorescent uh, signs there. Uh, it's it's selling for 131 euros. So it's uh, out of Europe somewhere. Um, but it's uh, really cool. Um, if, uh, if if you need one of those things to brighten up your room to uh, you know show your uh, loyalty to your Heisenfeld pedals or anything, here you go. Go, f go find this here. Pretty cool for decorating your sim cave, you know. If you had those pedals, I mean, I don't. I, I think we need a. I think this is a challenge uh, thrown out to Lawrence over at Sim Coaches. We need a Sim Coaches uh, cool LED sign. I'll put it right here on on the stream. Uh, I would, I would get a, one of those instead of the ASU uh, painting I have up there. I'd swap them out. That bright yellow too. It looks sharp. So this is actually right on Husenfelds.com's website in their merchandise shop uh, uh, section. So go check it out. 
All right, next up, uh, uh, Sim Racing Builds are building a 3D printed full size one to one Red Bull RB16 simulator at Full Sail University with their awesome students in the simulation and visualization, visualization BS degree program. And so uh, this is a post up on the Facebook group. It shows some pictures of the Formula One car, uh, the different uh, pieces and parts that they've manufactured so far. They almost look like they're 3D printed. It's kind of hard to tell, though. Well, I think it is 3D printed. It's right there on the heading. Oh, is it? Okay. Well, uh, my question is, where do they get these, uh, you know, where do they get the design for it? You know, obviously, Red Bull's not giving them design and, and specifications. So, um, you know, is it, is it just done somehow through a program that takes from years or what? Yeah. It'll be CAD from pictures. They'll probably just try and scale it up from a photo. Oh, yeah. It says here, we are a little over three months in and over 2,000 print hours into the project. And we're currently printing the deck, and then it's cockpit time, which should be quite fun adding all the controls and some extra immersive fun stuff. This will sit atop our $3,500 pound capacity MOOC motion base. I'll post updates here as we go. This will be a so, fun thing to follow over the time here. And Mike, we got to keep an eye on this one. Yeah, and who whoever thought about 3D printing a simmer? I don't think we've heard that one before. It's probably because of the, you know, they're going to need something for rigidity, right? Like we're talking about strength and 3D printing. You really can't get a lot of strength in unless you have something inside it. It's, you know, printed around metal or something like that. And these guys are at a college and this is obviously a very large 3D printer that they're dealing with because they got some big parts. Yeah, is, is that th the 3D printer in the room behind them? It's like a whole room-sized printer, maybe. Yeah, there's a glass room behind them in the photo that Brian's alluding to, and it's hard to tell, but there's a big piece of equipment right in the middle. It looks like it could be the printer. So th this has a this has the potential to be one of the coolest sim rigs ever. If uh, if they, that's what they're doing, oh, what's that? They, did they actually say they're terminate? They're they're making a uh, drivable sim rig out of it. They're going to put it on a motion platform too. So it has potential to be the one of the coolest sim rigs ever. Well, going from one of the coolest to one of the simplest, the, the next one we have is actually an in-car sim rig, and we're not talking about you know buying a shell of a car and and just kind of putting your equipment inside it. This is an actual rented car, and he's just got the rig mounted on the dash with the pedals down on the floorboard and a laptop sitting right in front of the windshield. So you could uh, play iRacing while your, while your buddy drives cross state. Well, it says below that he went camping and so he went camping, so he couldn't miss his league race. So he set up his Logitech on the passenger side of his vehicle. Hey, when you got a race, you got a race. I was gonna say, he's got to do a hotspot. If anything, that's the only way he could have gotten that to work. Could he not? Well, if he's camping, yeah, well, hotspot, hotspot, or uh, Starlink. Good lord! How that, I mean, <laughs> how how did he get enough uh, signal to be not blinking or something? I mean, they could have been a liability in that race. 
Well, I, I've uh, as a as an eye racer and a camper, I've I've thought of different ways of trying to take my rig on the road. Everything from getting a, a trailer and loading it up into the back of a trailer and taking it with us to the campground. Uh, but uh, but the wife balked on that one. I'm afraid. This might work though. This is pretty simple. If anyone's gonna have a sim rig on our team with them when he's gone, it's Brian. Okay, what's not simple is the Apex formula. Yeah, so this Apex formula, it's a you know, it's a it's a full motion tubular steel uh chassis with a um like a I, I, I'm assuming it's plastic, but it could be carbon or something like that. A cock, a Formula One style cockpit that uh, that you sit in to race. It's got one of those big, uh, looks like a, one of those Samsung G9 uh, super ultra, super duper widescreen monitors there that he's using with it. And uh, so yeah, so you get the get the feel of being in one of the cockpits of one of these uh, Formula One Formula style uh, race cars, and you get the motion. Uh, so yeah, it's a pretty cool looking. Yeah, this is SimCraft. This is the uh, cockpit manufacturer for Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin. Uh, the, they have those crazy six DOF uh, motion rigs. And so, uh, yeah, this is their formula version of it. And so this is new. Uh, they have none other than uh, Jordan Taylor in the car driving Twitter, it. Twitter's favorite, uh, Jordan Taylor. <laughs> and he's showing it to go. I mean, it looks pretty cool. I mean, like you said, it's a, a monocoque uh, kind of a Formula One style, you know, surround around the, the, the driver. Um, but then it's suspended almost, you know, within some the bars, you know, to give it that motion. And so it can move, you know, free, free uh, flowing movement. This next one, real quick, is a mount for the Fanatec kill switch, and it's a little tricky. This is just the mount; it's not the kill switch. Uh, and I guess you need, might need this if you want to put it on an eighty twenty rig. It's uh, seventeen euros. Yeah, somebody on the team was asking about how to mount this, and this is only works if you buy the one from Fanatec uh, because it's got the little slots on the side that grab to grab. And so I actually bought mine from a guy on Facebook. Um, and so it's not quite the same design. So I ended up putting uh, zip ties on mine, but they're black and they're unnoticeable. And I have no problem with the way I mounted it with zip ties. I've got, I've got a custom built one as well, but it's yellow. But yeah, it's zip tied on as well. I can't remember how I fasten mine on to take a look at it when we're done here. But I know I attached it to my 8020 with some kind of bracket. It wasn't. It wasn't this. So, so uh, but yeah, this is. It looks like it's just a three D printed uh, piece. It's like uh, seventeen dollars. I thought it saw, and uh, no, it's, not, it's a, not a bad little design. Makes it makes it quick and easy to install this thing. jump to results and talk well the winter nascar iRacing series friday open talladega greg we'll start with you wrecked out caught in everybody's crap <laughs> i guess that was uh there was a one guy in that race it was just no annoying me he, he no matter what he was saying he, it was always going to be my fault or something like that so it was, i wasn't too happy about it but 
it it was what it was. It's I just got wrecked out by uh, um, someone else's mess, and it broke the uh, broke the suspension on that '87 car, and I couldn't drive it. So you know, I couldn't slow it down. It was sitting on the frame, and I just didn't have any control over it. And he thought I was just not holding the brake and wrecked into everybody else because of it. And it just I don't have any control when it's sitting on it's sitting flat on its frame. So, but. Uh, no, it wasn't a great race, but I never have any good races at restrictor plates so, or the restrictor plate big tracks. All right. I am embarrassed. Um, I ran this race. I told Greg up front, man, I'm nervous because every time I get to the front of the pack, I wreck. It's happened to me four times in a row with this car at this track. And sure enough, it happened again uh, Friday night. Uh, I can start anywhere in the field and I can get to the front. So I can start 12th or 14th or 20th and I can be in the top five within a few laps. Um, but when I get to the very front, like when I'm not, don't have a car in front of me and I have clean air, it's so freaking loose I can't stand it. And so I don't know if the guy took the air off the, my spoiler and I spun, but I spun on my own. I mean, he was right on my, my rear, but uh, I don't know what it is. I, I, I feel embarrassed that I cannot control this car up front in the clean air. And now I'm really gun shy about trying this car at this track again. Yeah, you shared, the, you shared the video of that, Mike, and it was, uh, it's exactly how you describe it. As soon as you got to the lead, you were around. It was funny. Oh, yeah. And I, I was dicing it getting to the lead. I mean, I was, you know, slicing and dicing and making moves. And I could run. I love running this car at that track. But when I get to that front, I, I don't know what happens. I, I just lose it. it. It's weird. But if it was easy, nobody would do it, right? Yeah, I got talked into running this thing, and it, it was actually pretty fun, though. I found a couple things that the inexperience in the car and the track combination, uh, including getting onto pit road, because I sped, I came into pit road running about 80 miles an hour uh, the first time around and had to, had to come back from a lap down. Uh, and I had come back from my lap down, was running in the back of the pack, and then just ended up being the victim of, an, of uh, two other people getting at each other towards the end. Okay, uh, P19. P19. Brian, C fixed, uh, P18. Yeah, I was uh, off work today, and so I decided to get in a race. Um, I tried uh, the, uh, the fixed trucks at uh, Michigan. Um, I felt like I was, had a pretty good speed in that race. Um, I was in uh, pushing my way towards the top five, and uh, there was a caution. And uh, so uh, we're, we're going around the pace lap, heading towards pit road. We're just about ready to get pit, into pit road, and the car in front of me was damaged pretty heavily from the crash, but he was still in, I still had to line up behind him, and one other car did too. And the car blew up. Like, you know, you saw the smoke, you heard the crash of the car blowing up right in front of uh, the guy in front of me. He hit him. I went around him. And then when I went to the pits, it gave me a black flag for passing under yellow for passing the car that blew up. So uh, uh, I was, you know, I had to serve that up. That penalty and uh, came back out on the track and uh, wound up getting uh, 18th out of like about 24 cars I think were in that heat. Um, so it was it's a shame because I had some speed even after that after that um, after serving that penalty I was passing cars moving my way up you know up through in, into uh, this top seven just based on if I wasn't a lap down I would have been passing all those cars. So it was a good run but. Um, just that penalty kind of messed my day up. All right. 
I have been off work. I had to burn up some vacation days. So I've been racing a lot. And uh, so I'm going to kind of talk about some of my races. Uh, Thursday and Friday night, I was F1 car at Hockenheim. And uh, like I said, you could start every 15 minutes if you were on it. And uh, I got a lot of starts those two nights. Uh, just trying to enjoy that car, trying to learn it. Uh, the GT3s at Charlotte Oval was a week 13 uh, fun event. Man, I had a lot of fun doing that. And I always ran well. I think it was, I, I don't think I won, but I was like top five in it and stuff like that. Did you Even I think any, you did that. Did you notice anything about those uh, GT3s at Charlotte though? You could they actually bump draft. You bump draft with those and they held themselves perfectly still, unlike a cup car. Not just bump draft, you could tandem draft. And I mean, you could shove them in the corner. And that, yeah, it just had so much downforce that it would stick. Made it a little bit more fun. Uh, I really like to drive them at the short tracks even better, though. I think that you'll see that one back at week 13. Uh, then we tried Radicals at Spa. David, you did this one with me, I believe. We were in different splits, though, but um, I think I got wrecked out. Then I ran uh, figure eight at Irwindale with the Pro 4 truck. And then some dirt, I did 360s at Eldora and actually did pretty good. Uh, street stocks at USA Dirt. I think my dirt skills are coming together. I mean, I'm finally not at the back of these races anymore. I'm, I'm getting up in the top five, top 10-ish. Um, and I think, you know, it's just finally figuring it out. It's just taking laps. And then yesterday I spent most of the day trading off between Delara Dash and Pickup Cup. and. Uh, Man, I, I'm just having so much fun with the butt kicker. I got it resolved with a new USB sound card where it's, I got the volume where it needs to be. And uh, man, it's amazing what it does to the car. With force feedback turned up, you know, at the pickup cup at Daytona, which is the old Daytona, which is really bumpy with tru trucks, um, or Delara Dash, which is the Delara at Old Charlotte, super bumpy as well. Uh, boy, it's just, it's just a really good matchup with force feedback and loud volume and the, the butt kicker. And I've just been loving it. We actually recently uh, updated the- Let's keep uh, going. Winter League, David, P8. Ooh, Mike. Mike, Greg do you is. have Greg muted? Uh, maybe I do. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Go ahead, Go ahead Greg. Greg. Now, we actually recently updated uh, all the setups on the Lard Dash and the Pickup Cup. If, uh, I know they're unofficial, but if you're looking for a quick fix and a good time, uh, they're a ton of fun. I was, I've been really pleasantly surprised at how clean those races are, specifically Pickup Cup. Uh, being unofficial, you think it might just be you know a little bit of the Wild West. Uh, but no, it's like some really, really good racing down there. If you, like I said, if you're just looking for a quick fix. But I was actually curious, question for the group. Uh, on the this uh, the we call it win you know winter i racing nascar series with the 87 cars do you guys like this what do you what love are your it. thoughts on love it it needs to be an nis series well i think nowadays series i like the winter idea the winter idea is good because there's just already so many things during the regular season but it's a great replacement when, when we want to take a break from the cup car and um i'm gonna i'm gonna try north Wilsboro tomorrow and i just i do like going back to having to drive the car right that's what I was just about to say too, David, like what you're saying there is, I think we got tired, like some of these other leagues are running, getting ready the next gen car and we're running the old package in the the uh, gen six car. And it's, these cars kind of bring back the old, it reminds me of the old, uh, you know, 
SS before they, you know, or the COT cars where you actually had to drive them with the horsepower. And I kind of love having, you know, the driver become uh, a factor in the race instead of just the setups and things like that. Well, I think this is something, I mean, we haven't confirmed it yet, but Tyler and I have been watching the numbers and participating and, you know, catching feedback. And I, I think this is something that you most likely will see uh, after NIS next year as well. And, you know, we might extend it out a little bit so it's more than 10 races or, but because um, it came together pretty late, I'll be honest with you. It was one of those things that we had an idea and I think we announced it like two days later and it started a week later. So, but uh, yeah, it seems like people are enjoying it. It's, it's good to hear the feedback and it's a nice change of pace from from uh, NIS, so. I think it's been a really good move to push the participation in that car as well, because because right, you had a series that was that was set up for it, but it probably didn't take off as much as it could have after that initial newness wore off. Yeah, sometimes when the shiny wears off, things will uh, drop back down. People want to race what they want to race. That is something we definitely have learned when we're building this stuff out. Yeah, I like the car. It's been fun. We're looking forward to the new car that Dale Jr. has announced. Uh, we're still, we were hoping it was going to be in this release, but obviously not. So we're waiting for that. Hashtag Suic. Let's talk Winter League. Uh, we have several iRacing staff members usually in this race. Uh, this week, I think it was only Christian Challoner, and he actually won the race, David. But you ended up uh, a great run for you, P8. Yeah, after a rough to the start to the season, I've had two good runs in a row. I just, I think, finally getting out of the the real serious uh, uh, unlucky streak I had um, was I was good on the long run here and uh, was fighting for P5. Made a mistake in the last lap. I was trying to duck in behind AJ Stravato. I had I got a run on him, but didn't quite get in clear, and so he was getting back around me on the outside. Here come two other cars, and I tried to tuck in behind him and hit his bumper. Uh, and knocked him loose and it, it cost him two spots and and I don't know if I would have saved the two spots or not but I immediately apologize you know when, when you make a mistake it happens fortunately it was it was a small mistake and not gigantic but but uh, it's nice to be competitive up there in that tough league yep I ended up a lap down I think it was p22 uh, waiting for I was in lucky dog spot forever and just couldn't get it um, and so just brought it home Uh I couldn't keep the tires under me, even though I tried. All right, let's move on to Saturday night, the Sim 500 Esports Racing League Throwback Arca Series at Atlanta. And it was me and Chris Scales. And Chris, he got doored and ended up laps down. I ended up P2. I couldn't believe it. My best run in the league, and it was the last uh, event uh, for the season for that league. Um, it was caution at lap 20 out of 80 laps, and me and a guy named Hamish Gallagher pitted for our only set of tires, and then it went green from there for 60 to go. I was good to go on fuel by about 1.5 laps, but I couldn't catch Hamish. Uh, but it was still a great finish for me after my embarrassment the night before. So. And so after, you know, Reckon taking the lead in the 87 uh, winter NIS series, uh, it was nice to finish P2 in the ARCA car in Atlanta, just to show that I do know how to drive these cars. <laughs> OBRL ARCA, Brian. Yeah, so uh, OBRL ARCA series was at North Wilkesboro Monday night. Um, so uh, it was a 200 lap race and I'm, I, 
I should have went with my gut. An early caution came out at like around 100 lap 30. Um, and before the race, I actually did a lot of practice. I did a full fuel run and it was 180 laps. So none of the cars in front of me, I was like in the top five or six. Uh, none of the cars in front of me pitted, even though I knew from my practice that I hadn't, you know, I could finish that race on a, the next tank of fuel that I got. So I stayed out and uh, wound up uh, self spinning at one point um, and falling to the back of the field. Uh, but, you know, I was fast enough to work my way up to P9 without any cautions after that. So uh, I actually was had some good speed. Um, I, I think if I followed my gut and pitted early, because the winner of the race actually was somebody who did pit after lap 30. It stayed green from 30 all the way to the end. And uh, he everybody else had a stop to do. And uh, he just stayed out and uh, took the win. So uh, not not too bad. Uh, I, I, I feel bad that I, I, I spun, but I feel good that I, I had the speed to keep up with the with the guys at the top of the top of that race. Well done. All right, OBRL Aftermath Truck Series. It was Dwayne MacArthur in the 83. He wins at Chicago. Eddie Jones second. And Tom Black Flag Ogle finishes third. Yeah, and I actually uh, picked up that race last night. I kind of did a Mike Ellis where I didn't really go in early enough to do a whole lot of practice. It was kind of like a spur-of-the-moment decision to race that. And... Uh, Man, I finished fourth place. It was awesome. <laughs> I've, I've learned from Mike, don't practice. You do better when you don't practice. Um, but I no, I, I, yeah, I had a, had a really good run. Um, I was in the top, I was in fourth place. There was a, a caution with, uh, with about 70 laps to go. And, um, uh, I, I, um, everybody got tires. We, um, and then I decided that I was going to split that run in half because it was about a 34 laps on the tires. I mean, on the fuel because we run a, a limited fuel. So I just split that uh, last 70 laps in half. And the other guys in front of me, the three cars in front of me, wound up pitting as soon as the pit window opened to finish the race. So they pitted and I stayed out for about eight laps on my own. Um, and then uh, then came back out and I was about 10 seconds behind them. And I was catching them like crazy because at this point my, I had 10, 10 lap better tires than they do, you know, I, their, their lead went from nine seconds to I was right on the heels of third place. But at, by then, my, my tires had worn out, I think, because I was racing on my own and I didn't have any draft help. Um, you know, I was probably pushing a little too hard to, to make up that time. And by the time I caught the top three, I just didn't have the tires left to, to get in one of those podium spots and I wanted to so bad because I wanted to be on that picture that we post for the aftermath results so bad but uh, it was an awesome race it was, a, it was a really good time great run for sure those, that's, those, those races are hard to get a top five in but alright and then Kyle uh, iRacing iRock Challenge Series Season 4 uh, yeah, tonight we are going to the last great Coliseum. Uh, we're going to be running Bristol tonight in uh, race number four of the of the twenty seven race series. Uh, actually, it's twenty six. One is the also race. Um, find us tonight on PTM Racing on Facebook. Uh, if you can't make the live, uh, we they do rebroadcast it on the YouTube uh, within hours of the race ending. So if you need to check it out there, uh, come watch us have a little bit of fun. Yeah, and I'm going to be running tonight the Man Cave After Dark Truck Series, and that's going to be at Kentucky, so I'm looking forward to that. 
All right. And with that, let's jump to final thoughts. Brian McCubbin. Um, so I just want to talk a little bit more about that uh, race I had uh, last night in the ARCA trucks. I mean, in the, um, in the trucks. And um, it's something that, you know, the, the pitch strategy, think, you know, as I'm racing and thinking about the pitch strategy, those guys pit and I'm thinking whether what I should do next, you know, it's a strategical game. And I don't think people who aren't race fans who just think cars go in circles for three hours, they just don't, they don't understand this part of, of what we do. You know, it's, it's so much more mental than, than, uh, that people give it credit for who, who aren't, who aren't real race fans and, and don't understand the intricacies of, of, of this sport. So, um, uh, you know, I encourage, I, I encourage people who, who don't understand racing. And when I tell them what I do and what I like, they, you know, they don't understand it. I try to, I try to tell them, you know, how, how, much more there is to racing than just driving the car. And, uh, that was kind of, kind of one of the things I was thinking about as I was just, uh, talking about that race there yeah because you're the crew chief too i mean in real racing you got a, a crew you got a team and making decisions about when to pit and how many tires and that kind of thing when you're in i racing you don't have that you're making those calls as the driver and so you're playing you have many hats on right and a lot of those things are things that you think of on the fly you know the situation changes and you have to react to it like like right away you got to figure out what what step you take now that somebody else did something so uh, yeah so it's it's cool and it's uh it's why why we all love racing so much i feel like we're teaching some people that follow mercedes f1 teams about strategy <laughs> and we got we know how to do it if <laughs> we just don't listen to mike yeah, Mike you can lose races that way too. Mike, <laughs> were you secretly at that race? Now, now you guys pick on me about strategy, but you remember I almost won that league race on strategy the other night when I pitted on lap twenty and nobody else did. <laughs> what is that? A broken a broken clock's always right twice. It, it goes both ways. <laughs> All right, Greg Hector's final thoughts. Um. I'm just looking forward to uh, this weekend. Uh, I don't really have much to do, so hopefully I can get some uh, some road racing in this weekend. Um, I don't even look where the uh, IMSA cars are. Or the uh, Coda. Oh, there, Coda. Okay. Um, I do want to say thanks to uh, Bobby Jonas for, uh, if you're looking at the stream, he, uh, <laughs> he got me uh, a little cactus, uh, Santa Claus cactus thing here. That he sent me all the way from Florida to uh, to Canada um, for my uh, to put on my streams here. Uh, me being frozen cactus here, so it's nice uh, nice of him to do it. I uh, went to take a shower and I came out. My girls had already put a face on it, so it's kind of funny that <laughs> I was in the shower and it already came out. And it was already had the googly eyes and a face on it. But uh, I, I thank Bobby for that, and obviously Bobby has been a huge supporter of me this season being my uh, sponsor and all for uh, most of the events too. So I thank Sim Raps for that and Bobby Jonas. It really does look like your logo. Yeah, it's awesome. You need an <laughs> igloo next. Yeah, we need the igloo. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, who's next? Kyle Pendigraf, final thought. Uh, yeah, I just want to take a minute and, um, uh... First, I'll say that season one, uh, I've decided to kind of change my course a little bit. I'm going to stick with the NIS still once it comes back around. But I'm actually going to focus a little bit on dirt and road and try to get those bumped up, um, 
they've been lacking a lot here lately. So I've kind of been touching a lot of road here lately. Uh, the next thing I got real quick, um, I want to give a shout out to Lawrence. Uh, he's the owner of Sim Coaches, uh, our awesome sponsor we got there. I've been in contact with him over the last couple of days, and it uh, looks like here in the next, hopefully, week, I will be a new proud owner of a set of Sim Coach pedals. Um, so I'm... I'm happy to be working with him. And uh, one thing that I will say about him is he takes customer service very serious. I I believed David when he would talk about it, but he actually, he when I talked to him last night, he was like, if the item that we make is not perfect, he goes, we will not send it out. So I, I really find that amazing. Yeah, pretty cool. Tell him to get that neon shine going. <laughs> okay, David Hall, final thoughts. Uh, he kind of stole my thunder a little bit, but uh, Greg was uh, mentioning uh, the IMSA. I actually ran IMSA in a couple of different GT3 cars this week, uh, and I used to just completely loathe Coda. But after having to learn it in a stock car, and then also now having a lot more experience and the sim coach pedals, where I can really break hard in those after those straightaways, it is actually somewhat fun of a fun track to drive at now. I, I was, I still wasn't alien fast, but, um, it all definitely makes a difference. The, uh, investigation into my USB issues are still going, but I've got Tony's motherboard and CPU here. Uh, and we'll be putting those in Saturday when my, once my, uh, new, uh, coolant paste comes in so that I can, cause I'll have, I'll need new coolant paste when I put the CPU cooler transfer it over. So got all that going and we'll find out hopefully by Sunday. Can I, uh, <laughs> eliminate this tracking problem or not or will you be buying a new headset yeah if it if it happens on a different motherboard it's got to be the headset at that point okay and then greg west thank you so much for coming on the show and sticking with us for the whole thing and what are your final thoughts well thanks for having me i've listened for a long time not every episode but uh, a lot of them um yeah just uh, appreciate that you guys are out there racing, not just uh, the NIS stuff, but you know, trying all the new stuff as well. And anybody that's listening, uh, don't be afraid to go back and, and try maybe some stuff that you tried in the past and have gotten away from. Uh, we have gone through in the, in the last 18 months, and I think we've touched every piece of vehicle content on the service. Uh, we got away from saying you know the version number on tires because the tires are built specifically for each car that they go on. And... Uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff out there and you might be surprised uh, to find what you like. So yeah, give stuff a shot and uh, thanks for having us uh, have me on and uh, look forward to seeing people uh, out on the track. Well, thanks for coming. I mean, you got a dream job at a dream company that we uh, obviously enjoy talking about all the time. And so, so happy to have you on the show, Greg. Uh, my final thoughts, uh, the butt kicker, man, you know, I had it plugged directly into the SIM but the main volume of my sim was also affecting the butt kicker volume. And so I run speakers and I can't run them very loud. So it kept the butt kicker pretty soft and I didn't realize I really had a problem. So my team coached me and I needed a USB sound card. So I ordered that for $9 from Amazon, free shipping, plug that in. And now the butt kicker is independent of the main volume. And I can run it separately. And boy, it has made a difference. I mean, if you do not own a butt kicker, you get one. Trust me. And that's all I'm going to say on it. Because 
uh, it just it's a game changer. It just makes the whole rig come alive, you know, because before the butt kicker, I have like the loud volume. I got a nice stationary cockpit. But when you put that butt kicker vibration into the whole thing, it's just a whole nother level. Yeah, they're, they're one of the least expensive ways to get f- more immersion out of your sim than, than just about anything for the price. Agreed. Do I need two? I don't know if I need two. I feel pretty content with one. I'm set up for two, so we'll see how it goes. But at this point, I just need to recover from all the money I've spent. Uh, Quick question and, for you, though, Mike. Yeah. Did you ever get your sim hub settings set up correctly? I did. I think I dialed them in. There's so many different options that you can direct to the uh, butt kicker. And, and I had to turn off a lot of those because it was just with everything turned on, it just became noise. You know, everything was conflicting with each other. Right. Too much is not good. Right. It, 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 everything drowns out and you don't get the, the effects that help you race better. That's the key. It's like force feedback. You don't want too much. Yeah, so I turned off a bunch of stuff and it made a huge difference. So that was a, another key. Hey, Mike, just before you end up ended here too, you speaking of spending money there, I kind of went down a rabbit hole last night looking at uh, a new cockpit. I was kind of looking through a whole bunch of different uh, companies. So that might be something for 2022 coming along for me. I mean, the, you got to look at the track racer T120 that we talked about that's not out yet. Man, that thing's a beauty. Uh, yeah, and then other final thoughts. Yeah, get your butt kicker. Um, I'm saving up. I'm already thinking about the next project, trying to coerce one of my team members to buy a new formula wheel so they can sell me their old one because I can't afford the one I want, which is going to be the Fanatec Bentley wheel, which still isn't released. But I, I'm kind of set on the Fanatec Bentley, and I think when they release it, I'm going to buy it. And with that, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.